Okay, well, this is happening. It's sad to me that women should feel bad about wanting to have a fuckboy. It's, it's like taking the nicest poop you've had and putting it back in. Sit on my face. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I may or may not have daddy issues. <laughs> but we have mommy issues. I am a unique man! And I deserve nothing but the best. Welcome to Men and Women by Men Who Don't Know Women. I am Adam. And I'm John. And in this episode, we talk to uh, Reina Gattuso. Uh, sorry, Reina. I apologize. My pr- pronunciation is terrible. Reina um, Gattuso. She's from feministing.com. Uh, she's a columnist there. She, she has a weekly column. She writes about gender, sexuality. Um, she is a fascinating and intelligent person. Uh, we had a really nice conversation with her. Really, uh, really interesting chat. Yeah, um, and, and, and actually just a little background story of how uh, we ended up talking to her is uh, I was actually on a work trip and I was just really bored and I was just flicking through things and I ended up coming across an, uh, an article that uh, we definitely suggest you check out, but the article, what was the article? John, I can't the, remember. The, the article is called What I Would Have Said to You Last Night Had You Not Come and Then Fallen Asleep. It was about orgasm inequality and uh, Raina's experiences sleeping with men compared to sleeping with women and yeah. Yeah, and it's it just like uh, at first when I read it, I, I started texting John to be like, I was I was so upset, just being like, like no, like that's like I'm like I, I try really hard, you I know, try like so I try hard. so hard, I try so hard, and uh, and so when we reached out to her and you know see if she's interested in talking, and uh, and before we actually had this conversation, we just kind of met and uh, cut off for a little bit on on Skype. And she just was the most delightful, wonderful person to be around. Like I thought, this would be like a it's like a, sort of like a, like a tense discussion. And she was also totally unaware uh, that I was like feeling any of this. I was totally like, oh yeah, I was really interested in this. Um, right? Yeah, we're self aware enough to send cordial emails, but um, but at the same time, you know, we we thought you know this might be this might be a slightly uncomfortable conversation, but it, it was nothing but uh, pleasant and fun and enlightening and. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I hope you do too. Uh, if you have anything to say about this conversation or the show, uh, please hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we're at Don't Know Women or by email uh, at uh, Don't Know Women at gmail.com. You can also find Raina uh, on feministing.com. She has her weekly column there or at RainaGatuso.com. R E I N A G A T T uso.com um yeah we'd love to hear from you enjoy the show so yeah so you uh you uh write for feministing.com that that's your main uh platform i know you've been post you've been published like in the washington post so how long have you been uh how long have you been doing that kind of writing yeah, so I'm a columnist for Feministing, which means I, I, I write a weekly column for them. Um, I've been writing for them for almost a year now. I've done some freelancing for other publications. Um, I haven't lately because I'm on a fellowship right now and I'm making money. So I've been <laughs> kind of lazy about publishing otherwise. <laughs> um, but I've been doing this kind of writing. I mean, I started, I, I went to Harvard. I started out in the college paper there. Um and I've been writing forever, but I think I really hit my stride like a year and a half ago when I realized that like actually all of the gender questions I was obsessed with, like other people were pretty obsessed with them too. And so if I just started talking really loud about them, you know, people would talk back. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you uh, studied in undergrad? And is it? So I haven't done a master's. Um, I studied, my, I got my undergrad in comparative literature and women, gender, and sexuality. So, um, my thesis work was on lesbians in contemporary Bollywood, and I'm doing research right now at Jawaharlal Nehru University in Delhi, India on a Fulbright, also working on lesbians in Bollywood. Wow. What's like, what strikes you, what strikes your interest in, in that? Um, I mean, uh, I'm interested. I think there are a lot of people who do cinema studies who are like 
cinephiles and like all about cinema and obsessed with the form. And I'm a little less that I'm a little just more interested in popular representations of gender and of sexuality and of power and just like what are the ways in which culturally all of these ideas of, of men and women and, and um, you know, human beings relationships, like how are they disseminated? So, and I'm, I've been interested in India for a long time and I've, I've lived here now for almost like a year and a half total. Um, so Bollywood in terms of a popular form seems like a pretty good fit. Yeah. So, so you're saying like that you you study like in the way that uh, that those films influence the like stereotype of certain you know in your case lesbians. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, one major way in which people get their ideas about like the world and how it should function and and who they are and what they should be according to whatever random you know identity category they've been assigned is through media, right? And, and, and especially popular culture. So it's a two-way process. It's like first, um, stories, the stories that we make up come from whatever our pre-existing idea about gender is. And then second, the stories we make up contribute to that pre-existing idea. So it's sort of a chicken and egg problem. Right. Yeah. The more media you consume, the, like, and it tells you something's okay. That's when you start to believe it's okay. It's just things just reinforce in right. your head from where you're consumed with it. But then, then maybe you make something that either challenges that idea or reinforces it or does something creative with it or you know. Right. Because because you like you're saying some people they they're told a certain story and that's the way they look at the world and then at a certain point sometimes you just go around looking at the world like the way that you've always looked at the world and everything you see fits into that narrative until you see maybe something that challenges that and teaches you that it's maybe not the way that you've thought it was the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to come out and say it. Gender is a story we tell ourselves and a story that other people tell us, right? Like, all of these ideas of what it means to be a man or to be a woman or to be trans or to be gay or to be queer or any of this stuff, like, it's all culturally constructed, right? So I'm interested in how do you understand where we're getting these different messages from and then how do we understand sort of how these messages can help us or how these messages can hurt us? And then how do we make different messages culturally? It seems like the biggest problem is we feel like we have to articulate it somehow. Like just because we, we feel like we have to define gender. We, hmm. If if there was no definition to, you know, what a, like a, what a man's supposed to, or like what you're supposed to be attracted to, then it would just be open. But it just seems like the more that you, people have to feel like they, they need definitions for things to give people a definition. And then when people don't fall within that definition, it's like a taboo thing. Yeah. I mean, my dream is like a, a world in which there either is no gender or there's like so much random gender, like so many genders that, you know, everyone's confused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they can't figure out. Yeah. 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 There's no such they thing as normal. Or... Yeah, exactly. What stereotype am I supposed to enforce? I don't even know. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, but it's. I mean, it's, go ahead. Oh well, no, I was just gonna say, how, what what do you, what do you, what is your um, or like, how do you identify? Like, what is your gender or uh, gender identification or sexual orientation? Yeah, so I am a queer cisgendered woman. That sounds very uh, fancy. And then sexuality-wise, like I don't know, I I like people and sleep with different kinds of people and it's fun sure <laughs> yeah just have fun with it yeah so what what is what does it mean to be a queer cisgendered woman in terms of like what does it mean to me or like what do those words mean? yeah, yeah. Uh, both <laughs> yeah we just talked about definitions being bad and now we're define yourself <laughs> define oh my that. god well that's the constant tension isn't it <laughs> it's the I mean, I think that's the tension a lot of like LGBT people face and a lot of people do activism face. It's like you want to live in a world in which these labels aren't there, but to get there, you sort of have to use these labels. You know what I mean? Yeah, you have to, even if I, like, I could be like, well, I want to be accepting. Can you please tell me what it is that you're like, even if you want to be good and understand them, they you still have to have them define something. You know what I right. mean? It's such a, a double, uh, double-edged sword there. Right. Uh, but yeah, so uh, what do so, those words mean? <laughs> what do those words mean? So cisgender means, so like when we think about gender, right, we, we, we think about like gender is different from sex, right? So 
I mean, this is like a sort of loose picture, but it's like helpful to talk about. So sex is, is sort of biological, biochemical, like all of these things, whereas gender is sort of your personal identity and how you understand yourself and how you understand the social category you fit into or the social category other people fit you into, right? So if you're cisgender, the idea is that the gender you were assigned at birth, so when the doctor looked at you as a little baby and or, you know, the midwife or your mother, whoever looked at you as a little baby and saw a penis or a vagina or genitals that, you know, they assigned either penis or vagina. So they give you a gender, right, based on your physical sex that they can see. And for most people, you sort of grow up and you're like, oh, cool. They say I'm a girl. Like, yeah, I'm a girl. That's awesome. Um, so like gender activists call that and LGBT activists call that and trans activists call that cisgender. Whereas obviously if you're transgender, you're assigned a gender at birth, but you're like, yeah, no, that's not correct. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. Okay. Um, and queer, I mean, gosh, queer, I mean, well, we all know it used to mean like weird, of course. Yeah. That's how my mom uses it. (laughs) (laughs) I always have to be like, mom, stop saying that. (laughs) I know. I know. And I'm like, yeah. Um, (laughs) No, yeah, so so activists in, like, the late 80s, early 90s started reclaiming it because it was used against, like, LGBT people, right? So they started reclaiming it as, like, actually being LGBT can be a really powerful way to challenge, like, ideas of what's normal, right? And so it's both used in that sense, you know, huh? Oh, sorry, I was just wondering, was that the, like, we're here, we're queer, get used to it? Was that... Wait, can you hear me? You guys froze. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah, We I think we froze up for a second. We can hear you now. Oh, cool. Yeah, you're there. Um, yeah, queer. we're queer. Get used to it. Thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so now the, the queer is like both used in that political sense as like as a conscious resistance to people's idea of what's normal. Um, but also people will use it like, you know, because there's the whole alphabet soup of LGBT, right? Um, lesbian, gay, transgender, queer. Um, so queer a lot of people sometimes use the way of being like well i'm not straight but i'm not gonna like straight up tell you you know like i i also use the word vice with men and women but i feel like queer is a little more open and a little more ambiguous and like one thing i have a lot of fun with in like my writing and my just like life and persona is to sort of was a little bit so it's so it's like uh, it's like I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a Republican, I'm like a registered independent. You know, you can vote both ways. You can vote for whoever you want to. Like that's kind of like an uh, accurate. <laughs> it's like I'm not straight. Like I'm definitely not straight. You're just open. You're yeah. It's just open. Yeah, I mean, people will use the word sort of however they feel like using the word. I just like it. It's a nice word. I mean, I'm not particularly attached to, like, specific sexuality labels. Like, I get really weirded out when people assume I'm straight. Like, I've been dating a lot of guys lately for what – I don't know why. Like, my sexuality will just do this thing where it's like, now you want to date a guy. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like sometimes people will assume that – also because in college, like, by the end of college, I was this very, like, out, like – lesbian like I was sleeping with a lot of girls and like I was very like visibly like queer in that way and I it was just like it was tons of fun oh my god um but so I was like so used to people and because people had been reading my stuff in the newspaper right so I was so used to people just like knowing that I was not straight and then I like got here and I was like seeing a couple guys and I was like oh my god people think I'm heterosexual that's horrible (laughs) I gotta change this immediately (laughs) <laughs> yeah lord it makes me so no i think there's so many of us like you go to this whole fucking song and dance where you're like oh my god like my sexuality is not normative help this is scary and then you accept it and then maybe you come out and then if you're me you you know write about it for the entire internet to see <laughs> so in some way when i don't know i don't know in some way i uh, you know and i'm i'm sort of a, a I mean, I'm someone who presents as very feminine, right? Like, I, like, have long hair, and I, I like dresses, and I do a lot of the stereotypical things that, like, girls are supposed to do and supposed to look like in our culture. So I think a lot of people, because we still have these assumptions about, like, the connection between how you present your gender and who you sleep with, which are, like, I mean, they're pretty, like, they're pretty erroneous assumptions, right? Like, just because someone looks really feminine or looks masculine doesn't mean that you know 
their sexuality. Yeah. yeah. But I often like, I think people perceive me as like pretty feminine and maybe sometimes do assume that I'm straight. And so on one hand that can keep you really safe, right? Like if you're around someone who's homophobic, like being someone who people understand as heterosexual can be really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, that can be a little bit invisibilizing because if it's an identity that's important to you, like, and an identity that you fought for and an identity that politically maybe for you, like for me, being visible is important because I think if you're the only LGBT person in the, in the room or you feel like you are, like that can be a very scary and insecure place. But, you know, if you know that someone else is there, you feel less alone. And so I've always felt that, you know, because I, you know, my family's really supportive, my friends are really supportive and all that stuff. So because I have the privilege to be visible, like I've always felt like it's important to be visible so that someone else who's in the room doesn't feel so alone. Um, so I guess for all of those reasons, when people assume I'm straight, I get weirded out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So do you feel like um, since you've uh, been writing publicly about your like sex and romance life for so long, and I'm sure like you get feedback like from the internet or just like random people who have read your stuff, um, do you feel, has that like given you, uh, do you feel like you have a stronger awareness of your like sexuality or, or do you think, do you find that you're still just as confused as everybody else around you? <laughs> Um, I'm like, I'm obsessed. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with gender and sexuality. Like just so. And I think before I started really writing about it in a concerted way, it was like obsessed to the point of distraction and obsessed to the point where it like really hurt me, you know, also because it's a thing that like, if you're a queer, if you're a woman, like even if you're, I mean, if you're a man, but it manifests itself in different ways, right? Like gender can be this really like distracting, distressing thing. I mean, I think to anyone it can be distressing if you really take time to think about it, but it's like, you know, if, if all the ways in which women are sort of put down and belittled and dismissed and, and you experience a lot of that and you don't quite know what framework to put that in or how to understand that. And so when you realize that, oh, like this person is talking to me like I'm dumb, not because I'm dumb, but because he thinks that girls are dumb, like, once you realize that and put some order into that, and for me, that order has been sort of trying to understand where these ideas come from and trying to communicate these ideas in order to change them, right? Like, it definitely makes you more, I mean, it eases some of that pain because you know, you understand it and you understand that it's not your fault and that you can do something about it. And now in, in that vein, is that what um, is that what got you interested in like the, the study of how um lesbians were portrayed in bollywood is that kind of <laughs> is it like was it being portrayed in a way of like oh i can change people's minds if i like look at this this is a this is sort of was it neg is it in a negative light i'm just kind of i'm well, interested well, yeah sorry yeah no it gets a little okay so i um i like don't have any ethnic or, or like family connection to india i just like happened to get a random scholarship um in high school to go study hindi for six weeks um, I was like really bored and I saw the scholarship and I was like, I want it. So I got it, um, <laughs> which was nice. And so that sort of started my whole interest in Hindi and in, and in uh, Hindi film and all of that. And so I just always sort of, I mean, I was always interested in popular film and popular media. And like, I had a lot of really, really important experiences at the university here at, at Jawaharlal Nehru University, um, which is like a very, very exciting place. Um, so I was like, yes, I want to be working in this field. And in terms of LGBT representation, yeah, I think part of it starts with sort of figuring out where do these ideas come from and how do they circulate? I think it's a little more complicated than a good representation or a bad representation because that always begs the question of like good or bad to who, right? Um, so I think we can think about it more in terms of like, there are all of these ideas circulating and there are all of these, when we think about film, it's like there are a bunch of different styles in which you can make a film right so you just when you're watching a film you sort of ask like where does this particular notion of gender come from where what is this what is the particular aesthetic language or visual language that this film is using to portray these notions and then you know I don't want to uh, it's really hard when you're talking about art like when I'm talking about sort of writing articles um you can sort of critically you can explain a thing right and you can sort of critically be like, here's a concept, here's where it's come from. And you can use a style in your writing, say, try to be funny in order to popularize the concept you want to popularize. Like 
film is a little trickier because I think it's a little too like didactic to be like this is a good film this is a bad film like this is an ideologically acceptable film this is unacceptable like that gets kind of fascist pretty fast um, <laughs> Wait, like it's more nuanced than that <laughs> yeah it's more nuanced than that and I mean I think especially with LGBT audiences like okay 99.99% of films that they're about straight people and that is so effing boring um so a lot of LGBT audiences like have a really good time watching straight people films and then responding to them in queer ways so like the buddy movie for example and you see this a lot in bollywood is like a classic example like there are all of these films there's this long tradition of films in in hollywood cinema but also you see it so much in bollywood cinema of like these two male best friends who like hang out all the time and love each other forever and they're just like bros like being bros together and it's just a bro tale about bros but also, you totally can read it as they're secretly gay. Like, you totally can. Right. <laughs> and people do, right? Because if you're, like, if you don't see yourself represented, then you're going to make up your own representation. And that can be a really fun, exciting. I mean, that's a, a process that comes from a certain kind of, like, repression and oppression, right? It's because, like, you want to see people like you represented, but you don't. And that's the product of a society that is really violent toward queer people. But on the other hand, there's something really like the pleasure of being creative and the pleasure of saying, you know what, your movie doesn't include us, but we're going to make it. Like we're going to make, I mean, okay. It's like Spock, whatever fan fiction, right? Like fan fiction is full of straight people that fans make queer. And it's really empowering. Well, I think, yeah, it's, it's a, it's it's just a sign of resilience when you can laugh at something that is uh people use as a negative. So if someone's going to garage you something, the same thing is we're here, we're queer, get used to it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're gonna you're gonna use this against us. Fuck you. We're gonna take that. This is gonna right. be ours. Right, of course. And of we're course. gonna we're gonna. And, and there are lots of different ways in which sometimes, like sometimes, you know, there are some contexts in which you can't be out. Like you can't say we're here, we're queer. So what are the sneaky little ways in which you can resist? <laughs> By writing fan fiction. <laughs> By writing fan. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Or like you'll see movies, for example, where like if you're in the gay community, like you can understand some of the hints of the film as nodding to you. But if you're a straight person, like you're not going to get it. And so it's, it's a way of, I mean, okay, for example, especially in India where like there have been several very famous examples of uh, actually movies about queer people being violently protested because there's a really robust um, like right wing here that is pretty like gender oppressive and pretty anti-LGBT. And like also there's, I mean, obviously India has like a ton of like really, really cool queer activists and feminist activists. So that community is very, very vibrant as well. But in the past, there have been a number of LGBT movies that have been like actually violently protested. So like protesters like tearing down movies and ransacking theaters and all of this shit. So part of what you're figuring out when you're a filmmaker is like, how do I make a movie that speaks for my community that's not going to get like banned, A, by the censor board, which doesn't, I mean... They don't necessarily straight up ban films, but they'll have you heavily cut it or, you know, or that B will be protested by like crazy right wing people. And so one way of doing that sneakily is to is to work in these little subtle hints. Little little Easter eggs. Uh, that's really exactly. Cool. So it's like, it's like two men. OK, for example, like there's this one film that you guys should totally see. It's called Dostana. It's from, I think, 2008. So basically it's about these two like super hot like stud dudes who they want to live with this with this really hot chick, but they're straight, ostensibly. They want to live with a really hot chick, but, like, her aunt is really conservative. So her aunt is like, no. And they're like, but we're gay and we're together. And then she's like, okay, cool, you can live with my, with my daughter, right? Because you're not going to try to seduce her. And so the joke <laughs> of the, the whole plot film of this. is, like, yeah, it's great. So the, the joke <laughs> of this whole film is, like, a really homophobic joke on one hand because it's, like, just one gay joke after another, right? Because they're pretending to be gay. And so the audience is sort of supposed to be like, oh, gay people are funny, right? Which is like, that's a homophobic stance. On the other hand, like, okay, first of all, the producer of this film is like a gay icon. I mean, he's not out, but like everyone thinks he's queer. (laughs) Second of all, like the film is just full of images of like these two hot guys with their shirts off, like touching each other, pretending to be queer. So if you're a gay dude sitting in the audience, you're like, oh my God, you're so turned on the whole time, right? Like- I bet it also has like some, uh, probably some like hints of like what the stereotype of gay. It's like, uh, it's a play on like, I think if you're looking at it, you can probably pull up things of, look at this stereotype of what it is. It's a more of a social exactly. commentary on than anything else too. Exactly. 
So if you're conservative, if you're being tricked into not protesting the movie and sitting in a theater and laughing at this movie because you can, but if you're gay, you can sit in this movie and like get off a hot guy each other the whole time. And it's like, you know, who is the joke on? Well, do you think the conservative people might just be wanting to watch it because of the hot guys rubbing each other, you know? Oh well, God, we're not gay. Totally. Yes. No, I just love Absolutely. a good buddy flick. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, so, so, what, so what is, have you noticed like the, the, the main difference between the portrayal of uh, LGBT uh, people in Bollywood cinema and American cinema? Like, first of all, it's just we're dealing with totally, not totally different, but like substantially different film aesthetics, right? So it's like, like Bollywood and Hollywood have different ideas of what a film plot should be and like how do you shoot a film like how do you put a film together so in that way just on an aesthetic level like there are a different set of tools that directors are working with where do we put the song and dance number <laughs> sorry that exactly was a, yeah. so and obviously there are like no, no no that's that's real like there there are like indian art house films and stuff that like have a different form right have a, a more recognized laser narrative form but also like you know the song and dance number like yeah that's a that's a hallmark of the popular bollywood film and it it's super fun i love yeah. that because it's, it's so um, flamboyant too i mean it's such a for for a, it sounds like a culture that really does um repress lgb uh q people that that their their cinemas itself is you know you're talking about those movies and you're talking about like like really flamboyant dancing and and just like it's such a it's yeah i don't know I don't, I don't know if there's a direct correlation between that, but I just, I find that really interesting. Well, every culture has different notions of like what's acceptable behavior, right? Mm -hmm. Like how come the United States tends sometimes to be quite homophobic, but also like thought the Backstreet Boys were super hot, right? They're like the gayest people ever. <laughs> like every culture has its own internal contradictions. And again, India, like it does have a lot of people who are very conservative and like it does still have an anti-sodomy law in the book, for example, but also it has like this really, really, I mean, first of all, Indian culture is, is made up of by like, you know, actually just like thousands of like smaller cultures, right? Cause it's mm -hmm. such a big yeah. area, you know? And, and there are so many different traditions where gender and sexuality are understood in completely different ways, right? So like across the Indian subcontinent, there is various sort of third gender categories. So categories of people who for thousands of years have been understood as neither men nor women, right? So I think part of what you find with right-wing movements in India, as well as in the United States, is that there's a flattening out. I mean, ironically, you're saying that, you know, homosexuality is against our culture. We're closer, like you find so many denning gender that it's really simplistic notion it just it totally any sense do you think that's why the uh that like for instance like when like people who uh, really conservative people go and watch uh, a movie of two people pretending to be gay and they're laughing at it and they're loving it like do you, and like there is that part of them that is enjoying watching two men without their shirts on like on rubbing each other do you know what i'm saying like do you think a uh, part of that is because like gender and sexuality is more nuanced it is uh more like plastic than like the binary structure or uh, of gender and sexuality that most people subscribe to and it's like they these people we ha we all have certain feelings uh that maybe because we subscribe to that you know uh idea of binary structure that we repress that so then it comes out in these little moments of enjoying two men yeah. oiled up like rubbing oil on each other or whatever <laughs> you know yeah, totally. I mean, I think that like gender and sexuality are super duper complicated and like human pleasure is so complicated and so weird. Like I'm sure everyone can be like, can think of some thing that like got them off or that they at least found like pleasurable in some way that like actually is just totally weird. It doesn't make any sense to them. Right. Like yeah. people are just like, people are like freaks. People are so weird. Like every one of us is just so weird. And so idiosyncratic that like, yeah, this idea that there is straight and there is queer and there are men and there are women. And I mean, that all, like when you actually look at, and I'm not saying that I think everyone is like secretly bisexual. And I think that if we lived in a culture, in a world where there was no stigma for queer people, you would find a lot more bisexual people. Like, yeah. I think that's totally true. I think, I think there are some people who are just alas straight. Um, but also like, like heterosexuality isn't 
one unitary thing right in the sense that everyone's sort of sexually like they're into different things and like I don't know like I'm into girls you know if someone if there's one dude who's supposed to be a straight dude but he's like only into girls with gap teeth I have gap teeth by the way so it's a really good it's a really good sexual preference um and there's another supposedly straight dude who's like e-belly button like Audi belly buttons it's like maybe they actually just have different sexualities and thinking of them as the same sexuality is like is weird I think that's yeah that's a really great way to put it that it's not just because you're straight doesn't mean you're under just a straight umbrella. It doesn't mean, oh, uh, you're straight. You like, you know, just one way, one type of sex, one way, you know, it's just, it's, right. like, there's so many more things that when you break it up, it's, right. Yeah, shame that. And I, th- I mean, that's why if we look at, like, in the Indian context, for example, like, if you look at the anti-sodomy law here, like, it's not just, I mean, it's used mostly against gay people, but it's not just against, like, gay sex. It's against any sex that's not, like, penis and vagina in out ejaculate baby you know so like when we think about sexual and gender i mean normativity and what's not normal like it's a it's a really big collection of behaviors yeah and everybody wants to think that they're what their thing is normal nobody wants to be different or anything like that which i think is the biggest thing of um the going back to that the the movie idea of the the two guys it you can every guy <laughs> you guys literally going back to that idea oh my god it's, I, I can't get it out of my head i'm going to watch that movie immediately when yeah. we're done here yeah. yeah i'll send you dude i'll send you the film please, please do. do yeah please do like actually you guys should watch it and then we can talk about it later yeah that would be great love to for both of you yeah it'd be great um but i, I think because not there's like you said every person has like something weird that has gotten them off but there's also you can look being a straight uh, a, a straight man i look at another man and be like that man's really attractive i can i can sit there and go that's a very attractive man if i was watching both of those in a movie i would be it would would i i wouldn't probably be like whoa like, but I, I, that's mildly enjoyable like if you watch two attractive people yeah. like like doing something you're like oh is that people are going to be watching that i think that's I think so many people are uh, so scared to be like, well, I'd be gay if I... No, I like this movie because, look, they're really good friends. I don't like this movie because this scene kind of titillates me. Because yeah. people don't want to be yeah. under an umbrella. They don't want to be, oh, it's they, they they fear being gay rather than just being like, oh, like, that, that doesn't make you gay. It doesn't make you gay if you're attracted to a scene of two hot men rubbing whatever each on each other. I don't know what they were doing. Like playing volleyball or something. You know how many men like Top Gun? Like the favorite scene in Top Gun is the the shirtless Top Gun scene <laughs> right. where they're playing volleyball. Like, come on, every you know, I don't know. I, I think people are just so scared of being under a label. It's it's screwy. Okay, two questions. Like questions for you guys. Do you guys both identify as straight? Like men. First of all, we should make you two of my only like straight dude fr- dude friends for real. Yes. Um, <laughs> Second of all, have you ever have you ever had a gay experience? Have you ever had like a homoerotic like experience? Okay, uh, I, I I uh, identify as straight. I, I feel like a straight man. Um, I've had only when I was younger. Uh, I showed a, a neighborhood kid. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we were just like showing showing each other our dicks. Uh, that's 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 mm-hmm. the closest I have to uh, a homoerotic experience. Yeah, I, I, I also identify as straight, and I had the closest I've had is like masturbating in the same room as like another, but it's like, hey, just like as a young boy. <laughs> oh, I've done like, that too. Put that know, on my list as well. And like, you know, and we, but, but also, but also where really? we, we uh, yeah, Adam and I grew up um, in the same, like it, basically in the same town, uh, and like our town was. We didn't do it together. We didn't jerk off in the same. Way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but and it our, wasn't last night. I yeah, swear. not that there would be anything wrong with that. But uh, our our town was like, um, it, it. We we grew up with like everybody's like calling things gay. You know what I mean? Like things that like you you yeah. people are afraid to to be seen as gay. You know, there was the very uh, like it was a it was a very yeah hetero. It was quintessential uh, Boston suburb. You you gay. You're so gay, yeah. dude. So. So I so I don't know if the reason why I've never had like a, a homosexual experience is because I don't actually want one or because it has been instilled in me that like that's not okay. You know, I haven't felt any like I have there's never been a time yeah. like I've I've like consciously felt like an urge to go touch a man uh, and then been like, no, no, I can't do, you know, but I don't know if like deep down, if they're, you know what I mean? Like, 
I, I don't know. Yeah, totally. Maybe you just haven't met the right guy yet. Maybe. Yeah, you should give it a maybe, shot. Yeah. Like and, and, and it's like, I'm only, I'm only 26. I'm only 26. Maybe when I'm like 32, I'll exclusively, uh, I'll just become a like full out gay man. Like that's, maybe that will happen. I don't, I don't know. Right now I'm straight and I've always been straight. And I know that I'm attracted to women now and I haven't met any men that I felt the urge to uh, touch sexually. <laughs> No hugs, no hugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, I'll hug men all day. I'll hug men all day. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give, I'll give backpacks. I'll hug men all day. I'll hug men all night. Yeah, I'll give a real. <laughs> but firm I've never been shake. attracted to them. You know, I just hug them all day. <laughs> so <laughs> like I'll uh, cuddle. So what? What? So you're saying you? So you're you're uh you seem like you're dating. You said you like you're dating uh, a lot of men now. Um, there was a while where you were dating mostly women. Have what? What is like a a big difference to you, if if any, that you've seen between uh, dating men or dating women? Dude, yeah, I went like two years of that, like touching a dude. It was so good. Um. <laughs> it sounds like you don't want to be touching them. <laughs> no, it's just like it's hard. Dating men is fucking hard, man. Dating women is fucking hard. Just dating is fucking hard. Yeah. It's it's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal either way. Brutal. It's brutal either way. Um, no, but but like I don't know. I mean, each sort of has its own challenges, right? Like if you're if you're a woman and you're dating another woman, like you're kind of already screwed on two counts, right? You're screwed because you're women and people don't like women sometimes, and you're screwed because you're like queer women and people don't like that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, the upside to dating women is like. It can be super, I don't know. I mean, at least for me, like, first of all, the sex is just hands down, like, 2,000% better. With women that, with women over men. Yeah, I think, okay, I'm kind of kidding about it, but I'm kind of serious. I think partly it's a socialization thing, right? It's like, like, uh, you know, I mean, I wrote about this in in the article that you guys, about orgasm equality that you guys contacted me about, right? Um, I think partly it's just that, like, we are all socialized in a really in an environment that values men above women like as a culture um and that just seeps into the bedroom as well and also there's just a lot of ignorance right there's a lot of ignorance around like female body and female orgasm and what is the clitoris I don't know and like I mean I feel bad for straight dudes right like oh my god you watch porn and you're just then you know they're just pounding away at this woman who's like screaming I don't know why I never wanted to I mean maybe they're screaming because it hurts I don't know but it's like you know, where are you going to learn? And and then you're, if you're sleeping with girls, like girls are often socialized to feel really weird about their bodies and to feel weird saying what they want and to feel weird, you know, being like, this is where my clit is. Maybe they don't know where their clit is. Right. So sexually speaking, like there's a lot of inequality that I think persists in the bedroom when it comes to heterosexual arrangements. Um, and at least in my experience, like the benefits of sleeping with another woman is like, besides the fact that you like her and want to be sleeping with her and that's why you're sleeping with her. But also it's like, you know, you're not dealing with someone who has a fundamental ignorance about what a female body is, which sometimes is what happens. And because women, I mean, this is a very tentative sort of, this is me just guessing, but like also, I mean, we do know that men are socialized to be more selfish and like to think about themselves and women are socialized. I mean, I'm speaking really broadly and I'm speaking not about something inherent, but about what people are taught, right? Like girls are taught that they have to think about other people and they can't think about themselves and they have to cook and they have to, you know, all this bullshit. But I think that does sort of happen in bed. Like Jesus fucking Christ. I've gotten whole fucking relationships with men, like where they're coming every single time we're having sex and I'm not coming at all ever, like ever. It sounds terrible. And it's not because I can't come. Yeah. It's not because I can't come. Like, I can have orgasms galore if I'm by myself or like with a partner that they're doing. It's just that like either they don't know or they don't care. And I explain this shit enough to people that mostly it's because they don't care. And so when you, when you talk to somebody, like say if you're in a relationship with them and it's not going well that way and they're not being sensitive or or taking care of you, uh, when you talk to them, do you find that they like, it just goes like, they'll understand like right after they'll come they'll be like okay yeah yeah and then next time it just goes right back to being selfish again or is it Mm, 
I don't know. I normally don't get this far in sleeping with dudes also because I'm just like, no. Oh, no. if you don't I give them a second I'm... chance, you know? We all make mistakes sometimes. Okay, second, sure. Third, fourth, fifth. Eh. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> different reactions, right? Like, sometimes you get people who are, like, actually, like, really genuinely, like, oh, shit, you're right. Like, and then you work together and you collaborate and mm -hmm. that's what sex should be about because, you know, sex is, you, you know happens between more than one person unless you're masturbating um <laughs> or you're a narcissist so yeah <laughs> or you're a narcissist well yeah so then there's another type that like gets it but maybe you actually just have different like sex preferences mm -hmm. and so it's better to just leave it and then the third type gets it and doesn't give a shit yeah that's which happens i that's think the you worst I think you made a really good point about uh, like not learning about how to have sex. So I remember when I when I I had the talk when I was younger. I had the talk with my mom, and it was like, please stop talking. I could not get out of that yeah. conversation as quick as quicker. And like hindsight, it would have been really nice for like you know it would have been a weird conversation. But if my mom like really taught me like this is how you please a woman. But like there's no there's no forum yeah. for that conversation. I like I, right. I imagine like you know you have sex ed in school, but it'd be so hard to convince. Uh, like the public that it's okay to teach how to pleasure a woman. Well, there's also, there's like so many like political agendas that get, that get in the way of like what you can actually teach in a sex ed, which is so fucked up. That pisses me off. But like, uh, one thing, one thing that, that I, that I thought was interesting. So like the lab, after, um, the first time we Skyped with you, uh, we were talking to one of our other roommates, um, about, uh, just like just generally like about about what you were saying, how it's like you've noticed that like men are generally uh, less attentive and less um, like motivated to get you off uh, than women. Yeah. And we were talking. We were just we were just like we we were just having like a conversation with them about like sex and whatnot. And we got to a point where it's like he didn't realize that it was that it was okay to like go down on a woman after like so say, say you're having sex he finishes like he just didn't like it just didn't ever occur to him or that like, like he could keep pleasuring you yeah. like it wasn't even like yeah. a selfish he just it was almost like it, it, it was almost like embarrassed about it that like he didn't realize that that was a thing that you huh, that, but the height the height of selfishness is not even knowing that someone else has their own perception. Yeah. True. I, true. I, true. I actually uh I, I I had this conversation uh with somebody else too, um and she was saying I, I was telling her that like there have been times where I've come quickly and then like been so embarrassed that like I've wanted to be like, Oh, can I like continue to like can I help you or like you know like I, I i told her that i felt so embarrassed that i wouldn't know what to say like i i feel like i would be so ashamed to be like oh can i stick my fingers inside of you or something uh and uh and i feel like that there, there was a there was a bit of shame and she was like ew you feel shame for that like you shouldn't feel shame for wanting to like pleasure me you should be you should feel comfortable to say it I don't know. Yeah. I, I just I, I found it funny that the that our, that was our different opposing views. I think a lot of men have been taught to, uh, which is obviously totally wrong, but they've been taught that like the penis, like you you do you do stuff with your penis, like that's like the main event, you know. Yeah. They they've been taught like that's the main event, but like a lot of guys they have they hold that like that sense of that false sense of masculinity in that yeah. that like if i can't pleasure you with my penis then like do you know what i mean like i yeah. i think some dudes do feel feel shame in that but i mean i'm not saying yeah, that and that's not me trying to like explain that like people aren't selfish or you know what I mean? but no, oh no, no very that's selfish totally, that's totally it right because beyond this thing about basic selfishness it's like what is sex like if you ask someone what is sex, they'll be like, sex is when a man puts his penis inside a woman's vagina and then he moves and then he ejaculates. And that's it, right? Like, and that's like most of the sex that I've had is not that, right? It's not anything near that. And like, we obviously we're having lesbian sex, like, not obviously, because obviously there are some women who do have penises, right? There are, there are trans women with penises. Like, there can be all sorts of different, you know genital arrangements but like you, you know the lesbian sex i've had like has not involved penises right and it's not only lesbians it's like sometimes like you don't have inter even if you're 
like a man and a woman having sex, right? Like sometimes you don't have intercourse. Sometimes like someone blows someone, sometimes X, Y, Z thing. Like there's lots of different things that people do to each other's genitals to how, to get off. Like yeah, the old Bill Clinton so speech. I think part of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think part of it is just like, people actually just are taught that it's in the definition of sex. It's like people think the definition of sex is you put a penis in a vagina and and because the whole definition of sex is built around the penis, like you're right. Like it doesn't even occur to dudes. And I think like, I mean, poor dudes, like I think there is this cult of the dick and this cult of like lasting really long and like fucking really hard. And like, I mean, I don't know, like being fucked is fun, but it's not like the be all and end all like sacred, holy communion of, of sex, right? There's lots of other shit that people do and it's cool. Yeah, what do you so, mean? Yeah. Like, so, me losing my breath on top what do you mean me losing my breath on top of you and struggling to be up (laughs) what do you mean that's not the end all be all i thought that was it here's the show (laughs) and there are moments when i'm like dude like lying under someone can i just tell you lying under someone while they're just like pumping into you it's like there are moments that's really fun i mean now that i'm always like that there are moments it's like really fun and there are moments where it's just like this is so stupid. <laughs> this is so fucking dumb. And he's like, oh, and you're like, <laughs> and I like, that- I like, like, I'm not like bitter lesbian. Like, I like, I like fucking as much as the next person, like, probably more than the next person. But there are just some moments where you're like, oh, God. This is silly. Like sweating. <laughs> and you're like, thing. Just relax. <laughs> like, Oh shit! Uh, so yeah, we have to we had to uh, wrap uh, in a second. But is there anything as so? Is there anything you can leave us with as two straight cisgendered men? Uh, what can we do uh, to uh, one be like more communicative and attentive to women and uh, help uh, make uh, you know or help understand like LGBT queer issues better? Two opposite questions. Yeah. <laughs> so just, I'm just trying to wrap. I'm just trying to just you know those are the two main topics we yeah, talked yeah. about. Just okay. I think for the LGBT stuff, like it helps to just sort of sit down in your own head and be like, what assumptions do I make about about different people's genders and sexualities and what that means, and how do I just dial back those assumptions? So like, I mean, and it's a matter of just working through everything you've ever been taught. Actually, like it's a big project, so it's like. Do I assume that, like, what is a boy? Do I assume that all boys have penises? Like, no, not all boys have penises because there are trans boys. Like, do I assume that because someone sleeps, like, for example, you know, if someone tells you that they're queer, it doesn't mean that if I tell you that I'm queer, it doesn't mean that I only sleep with girls. Like, I could also sleep with boys. I could not sleep with boys. Like, it's just sort of letting people themselves take the lead and letting their own individual lives and experiences take the lead rather than your idea of what they should be doing or what they do and like asking questions is totally 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 fine I think as long as like you know the person you're asking and like you just keep in mind that there's probably something you've not thought of and like that's okay yeah Yeah. don't don't ask somebody questions that you wouldn't want to be approached and asked you know at at the same time if you just walk up to somebody and be like oh who do you like to like what's your sexuality (laughs) you're like dude get away from me yeah (laughs) In terms of women, um, God, it's kind of basically the same advice. It's just like, like, I don't know, just sort of re rethinking like what, I mean, think back right now, the real of shame of like recent sexual encounters, like past sexual encounters, whatever. And like, what is the supposed sequence of events? And like, are there places in that sequence of events when actually you sort of made it more about like you and your dick than about like both of you having fun? Um, the other thing is just like ask women questions. Cause like everything I'm saying about like women, quote unquote, like there are a shit ton of women out there who totally disagree and totally think the other thing. And like, you know, so, I mean, I think basically our whole thing, like any feminist that talks about this is just like, women are people and people are very diverse. And so you should probably consult one if you want to have sex with her about what she likes. It sounds like what you do with like a, a, an ad, like a medicine ad. Please consult yeah. a woman before trying this. 
Well, you consult the woman whose body you're touching about how you're touching her body. It seems so commonsensical, but people don't do it, right? And that's like, okay, I mean, I think this is the whole deal with feminism, right? It's like, it's like you're trying to divorce the social category and social categories can be helpful, but it's the idea of just because you're a woman doesn't mean that you only have sex with men or have sex with men. Just because you're a woman doesn't mean that you cook. Just because you're a woman doesn't mean that you should be raped for wearing a short skirt, like all of these things, right? Once you begin teasing that apart and understand that like human beings are just weird fuckers who do lots of random shit and deserve respect no matter what random shit they do, then like, then your sex life will get better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure your sex lives are great already. Uh, it's like hovering around like a six. Actually, no, I have a girlfriend now. It's a 10. It's a 10. Woo! Oh my God, <laughs> I bet she's awesome. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I totally agree. Everybody wants to be asked, you know, it, a guy wants to be asked just as much. Or just as every, wants to every ask, individual like? person is different yeah. and they have different preferences. And you, if you try to like get to know a person as they are, as an individual, truly as they are, and then maybe you'll actually connect with somebody who has similar worldview and interests as you and you had wants to fuck the same way that you do. And you'll have magnificent right. sex. And like, that's the, that's really the goal here. We're trying to, and that's, and you can only right. get there and, through and communication. And relationship, yeah, too. But you can only get there through communication. And communication is just as much listening as it is uh, articulating. Yeah. And I always feel like, I mean, I feel like we get into trouble when people are like, especially when people talk about like casual sex and they're like, well, it's just a way. And it's like, okay, if you just want to like stick your penis in something and ejaculate or like have something in your pussy and come, like that's what sex toys are for. If you want to have an experience with another human being that is sexual, that is when you have sex with a person. Yeah. Like, even if you're not dating someone, even if you're not like romantically involved with them, even if you're never going to see them again, like they're a person and you're a person. And if you act like they're not a person, you're an asshole. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Love it. But yeah, thank you so much uh, for talking to us. This has been, this has been very nice. And uh, please send us, yeah, uh, please send us that movie because we are going to take our shirts off and go watch it right now. Oh my god, and like put suntan lotion on each other's nipples. Yep, we'll send you pictures. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you very much. It's Thanks, Randy. It's been great talking to you. You too. Bye bye.